Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Well, good morning. Thank you, Blake. That's kind. Yes, it's awesome. So good to be back together, isn't it? Man, I've missed it. I've, uh, as we were worshiping, I just realized how much I need and uh, miss worship with you. There's something about it, isn't there? Yeah, I just, uh, something about iron sharpening iron, something about being shoulder to shoulder with other believers, something about just singing songs, not about the Lord, but to the Lord, with the Lord. And I just felt that renewal today even. Have you ever been in services where you feel like every one of the songs, every lyric is sort of for you for that day? And the Holy Spirit has the ability to do that in multiple places across the room. Same words, maybe a different message, different meaning for that person, but I felt that. It almost feels, uh, you know, in the old days we had carburetors. I, in my, I talk about my 67 El Camino in high school, and it had a four-barrel bar, four Holly carburetor. And, um, but, you know, if you let Grandma drive that car 20 miles an hour all the time, it just kind of gets clogged up. And every once in a while, right, David? So once in a while, you just got to let that thing out, right? Let it out. Get it on the highway and let it go and uh, clean that carburetor out. And, I, and corporate worship for that in my spirit is that way for me. It's like get the, get the cobwebs out. Let's, let's uh, where gratitude and praise and worship and his presence meet, we often hear his voice and we're reconnected where sometimes, and for me, that worships that way. So thank you for uh, our worship team. And you guys, you know, we're, we're a church where everyone's a worship leader, right? And you guys are all um, part of the worship team. And, and so COVID's been an interesting time, hasn't it? Like our world's kind of different, isn't it? Politically, COVID, forest fires, there's just lots going on. And, uh, you know, they talk about there's four stages of COVID. As you come through COVID, there's four things you could end up being. A chunk, a hunk, a monk, or a drunk. <laughs> or some combination of those two, yeah, or three or four. So I don't know which one you've become. Should be obvious I've become a hunk. Goes without saying. I'm kidding. <laughs> so we, um, t- today's a big day, actually. We're going to spring a big announcement on you. It's, um, you, and uh, we've been working on some organizational changes in the church all year. We've been actually working with them, and, and they've been employed for several months. And so we've been operating that way. But uh, we couldn't wait to tell you and wanted to do it in person. So as soon as we got back in person, we're going to tell you some things going on there. And it, uh, it does uh, involve uh, Lindy and I and our role. It's, a really, it's, it's good news. It's great news. And we, we just reached a point where um, we felt like the church had gotten to a point where uh, me by vocationally working part-time in, uh, at the church and almost full-time in our business and uh, was 
was not serving the church quite as well going forward. And I could feel also my passion and grace for the day-to-day operations of the church waning some over these uh, last 13 years. So, um, so Lindy and I are going to just kind of move over from the senior leadership role. And it is, uh, and we're not going anywhere. We're not retreating. We're not retiring. But um, it is my great pleasure. I'm proud papa, proud mama. It's a really great day for us, and it's uh, our great pleasure to announce that Lauren Brownlee is going to move into the senior leadership role of Bethel Atlanta. Lauren, why don't you just stand real quick, be recognized. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, um, these are good days for our church, and, and you're going you're gonna to see that, you're going to feel that, you're going to know that. And so I'm going to spend a few minutes talking just about what's not going to change, what is going to change. I'm going to brag on Lauren a little bit. We're going to, um, Lindy's going to come join me in the message. She's going to talk about the... Uh, the dreams and the prophetic and all the cool stuff going on. I'm the nuts and bolts guy today. She's the fun, dreaming, prophetic person today. And uh, then we're going to ask the elders and a couple senior team to come lay hands on it. So that's the agenda. We're not going to keep you a long time, but it's, uh, it's, an, it's a great day for us today. So so what's, what's not going to change? So we're not retiring. We're not retreating. Uh, Lenny and I will still be on the visionary core teams, still be elders, still speak like we've been speaking, speaking rotations, not changing. Lindy's going to still be uh, over second year and, and overseeing the, the uh, intercessors. So a lot of things not changing. And one thing I'm so excited about, the things that are passion that we care about, uh, core value type of things that we say, we want this in our we want this in us. We want this in our kids and grandkids. We want this to permeate in our church. We want this to be a part of all our people. These things aren't changing. They're in the culture. They're in the ground. They're in Lauren and Brent's heart and our team's heart. And that's that the presence is always preeminent, that we're people of the face, that we seek first the kingdom that his, we're going after his face, his face and his presence are similar words in scripture, and that worship, that we'll be an extravagant, we'll be a worshipful people, that worship is so important to us, and that we'll be supernatural, that we'll be a supernatural people. I've noticed that in the Western culture, Western church, the supernatural has become kind of the dividing line. Like that's a, that's a hurdle hard for people to step over now. Used to be like, like tongues a, culture, a generation ago, but now it feels like it's the supernatural and, and it's hard for people to step over that. But we're a people of healing. We're a people of the prophetic. This church was born on a scripture. These signs will follow those who believe. Heals sick, raise dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. That's that's in in our DNA. Like this is important, and those core values of honor and generosity and family, and that you would be abundant over, 
that we would preach an overcoming message and the people would learn to be overcomers and we would live abundant life and reign in life. These things are in our core and they'll never change. And we'll, we'll be a people of Isaiah 61. That chapter is, a, is who we are. It's Jesus opening the scroll and his first words, I've come for the hurting. I've come for people who are down and out. I've come. His first words were for those people. And he said, I'm going to take you and I'm going to rejuvenate you and I'm going to, I'm going to give you a new day, a jubilee kind of God where debts are gone and chains are brought down. And I'm going to turn you into an oak of righteousness. Those hurting ones get, get healed and get turned into oaks of righteousness as overcomer, reigner, and life kind of people. Why? So we could go and restore cities. It has a purpose. Like, it's not just to be the bless me club. It's, there's a purpose. Like, I'm going to take the hurting ones, I'm going to fix them up, and they're going to go f fix cities. That's our call. None of that is changing. In fact, and what's great is when you when you um, expand, when you kind of move over to a new role and you expand and uh, you widen the tent pegs. We've got some kind of tents here, but as you widen them, we've been in a tent, now we're in sort of a tent. As you widen the pegs and you make room for others and the leadership is more broad and more people to carry the load, you can go further, you can go faster. And you're going to see that in our culture. You're going to see that happening. And you're going to see uh, a Lauren who's uh, more of a maestro and a conductor than an upfront every day. You're going to see a different kind of leadership that's very powerful. She knows how to place uh, the right person in the right spot at the right time. And you're going to see a new strength and a new day, and it's uh, glory to glory. So if you indulge me just a few minutes on a papa and a mama bragging, and she hates this and I really don't care. <laughs> but, I, you know, it's hard not to be a little nostalgic in these days, but on a day like today. But um, I uh, remember this morning, just great memories, like... Um, when Lauren was this big, uh, I would be on my knees dancing in my study with my firstborn, my daughter. I'm on my knees and our heads are about the same height. And we're, and we're dancing to Dan Fogelberg and Loggins and Messina, any of the old timers know those guys. And we're dancing and I have great memories of dancing with my daughter. I have great memories of, um, she's... Uh, she is a student athlete, and so she'll never tell you about this, so you'll just hear it once, but she's a great athlete. In fact, we took her out of our smaller private school and said, we're going to take you over here to the school behind us, Sandy Creek, because uh, we want bigger sports for you. And as a 10th grader, she's new girl on the block and was the MVP of the basketball team and the soccer team as a sophomore. It was pretty amazing coming from a little school. She's an athlete. She's a academic. She was... Um, valedictorian of her school, and then she went into a world of men, a Georgia Tech engineer, and uh, 
kicked their butt and graduated highest honors as an industrial engineer. She, she can go into the world of men and do okay. But the thing that qualifies her the most for what we're doing today is that um, as Lindy and I started our world of ministry and almost 25 years ago doing uh, building a room in our house to host uh, the youth group of our church at the time. She, as a young teenager, was right there. We called it table talk. After youth, every night, we'd sit around the table and talk about what went well, what didn't happen, who got saved, who, who, who did whatever. <laughs> With youth, it's whatever. <laughs> and table talk became famous. And, and, uh, but from about age 15, she's been at the right hand of her mom and dad, serving their vision and their ministry, serving for almost a quarter of a century. Every, uh, uh, no day as a prodigal, no day with I'm out of here, no day that I don't want having to do with you, mom and dad, serving at our right hand. Uh, here in the church, kind of a glue, really serving as chief of staff, as a pastor, executive pastor, as CEO. Behind the scenes, few people know, the glue holding it together. Quietly serving in purity and in excellence. Sometimes doing little things way below her pay grade. Sometimes doing big things, not complaining. That gets you promotable in the kingdom, amen? And uh, at, that warms mama and daddy's hearts, and that is what heaven sees. I was reading in John 3, the last few verses. There's, a, there's earthbound advice, there's earthbound talk, but when heaven speaks, that's what you want to hear. And, when he, and heaven promotes in a different way than the world. And I want, to, I want you to just contrast uh, this great country we live in, the greatest country, the greatest system ever, but the last several elections, I mean, I don't have to take you too far back to the hanging chads in Florida. Every election, more tough, more acrimonious, more difficult, less class. Compared to family, in the kingdom. I've been a financial planner, seen lots of businesses transition. As a senior pastor, lots of churches transitions. How's it supposed to happen? Like family, like kingdom, not without a little rubbing, not without a little uh, identity getting pulled out, like not a little bit of dad, like, oh, I don't know about this. Not telling you, it's just smooth every moment, but how's it supposed to happen? Someone who serves faithfully, honor, and mom and dad say, it's time. It's time. We'll move over and we'll be the grandparent now. You know, there's a different role of parent and grandparent. You're not, not necessarily the last say anymore, but here, with a lot of influence, a lot of love, a lot of cheerleading, a lot of being around, a lot of 
life flowing? How's it supposed to happen in the kingdom and in family? It is supposed to be smooth and celebratory and beautiful. And I believe um, your church is going to model that and you're going to see that modeled. And our God, what he's looking for is for our ceiling to be the next generation's floor. What he's looking for is true momentum of glory to glory to glory. That's kingdom. And that's, and that's the strength of the previous generation doesn't go away, doesn't have to leave. Oh, we got to make room and give them space. No, it's here. It's like, okay, different role. Let's go from glory to glory and add strength to strength. And watch uh, intergenerational work the way it's supposed to work. And let the mamas and dads and the grandparents like rise up into those kind of roles. Amen? So we're, we couldn't be more excited and more proud. And it's, a, it's just a, a beautiful day for us. And let me make sure I've covered everything I want before Lindy tells you what God is saying from heaven about all this. <laughs> In fact, maybe once you come on, y'all give a give a warm, warm welcome to Lindy as she comes. So I want to tell you, speaking of legacy and generations and a grandfather, I want to tell you a story, quick story about my grandfather. My brother Ricky's a campus minister at Georgia Tech. And several years ago, he goes to this Cedar Grove Christian Church to raise money, something he hated to do. This was several, in the 80s, he did this. And he went into this church. He found out he was two hours early because they didn't have a first service. He was bummed, frustrated, if you know Rick. And so he's sitting there in the pews and decides to go to the vestibule and gets the brochure of the history of the church. In 1905, this church started. He's reading along. In 1923, it looks like the pastor and the elders decided to close the doors of the church. But one Sunday morning, the phone repair guy stood up and he said, you know what, guys, as for me and my house, we'll serve God and not man. Me and my wife and my four kids, we're going to be here next week and we're going to open those doors. And then Ricky read, that was Byron Harper the first, my grandfather, Ricky's grandfather he had never met. And he's going, oh my goodness. And let me tell you the impact of this story. So 97, almost 100 years ago, a telephone repair guy says, I'm going to make a stand. I'm not going to let the church doors close. He made a decision. 100 years later, not only did this beautiful thread go through Ricky, his grandson, he never knew, his ministry, but that church started supporting him, $50 a month in the 1980. And then later they sent four students to Ricky's ministry at Georgia Tech. That ministry sent these four guys to Uruguay, Santa, um, Santiago, Chile, Valparaiso, Chile, and Lima, Peru, four ministries that have been established. So Pop Harper makes a decision 100 years ago. And now the nations are being touched 100 years later. 
This is when we make a decision, when you do something, when you make a little decision this afternoon, it's going to affect generations. So now I move to the present, and I want to talk about Lauren for a second, and some of the, what a great day. So, some of um, the fathers in our lives over our church have given prophetic words. The uh, first one I'm going to talk about is Chris Vallotton. And this was a phone call two weeks ago with the Bethel pastors, and Lauren was on the call, and Chris was on the call. And he said, Lauren, you are singing a new song. This is a new season. He said, the fact you're not wanting the podium is the gold standard. He said, God is going to give you a preaching anointing like Joel Olstein. You will lead Bethel Atlanta with brilliance. Your style will break the mold. Your tongue will be like a sword. You will lead in purity. You will lead with the fire of God in your eyes. And you think this is a cool prophecy. Well, listen to this. 15 years ago, when we knew Blake and we were all at school, we went in to see Chris and Kathy. We were having lunch with them and talking about our dream for a school here in Atlanta. And Chris said, well, you know, 100 people have asked me this year, and I've said no. But today I say yes. And Steve, you're not only going to do a school, you're going to do a church. And by the way, you guys are going to be second year next year. You're coming out once a month. That's how we did it, second year. He said, why not, why not once a month you come to the Bethel staff meeting? But Lauren is going to be here all year because she's in first year. I want her to come every week to the Bethel staff meeting. He saw 15 years ago what he finally told everyone two weeks ago. Isn't that incredible? So that's one of the fathers of our church. Another father is Danny Silk. He came several months ago, and he said, Lauren, you are a conductor over a magnificent orchestra. And then he said, Lauren, you are anointed to lead Bethel Atlanta. So I asked when I was you know, thinking about Pop Harper, I thought to myself, what are y'all's grandkids going to be saying about you 100 years from now? You know, we're building for generations. This is, this is an amazing family. And this, I feel like we're celebrating Lauren, but we're celebrating today. This is the first time we're back. Look at you guys. Look at the destiny on this house. And so I'm going to tell you a few quick dreams, how God is so prophetically telling us about the generations that run powerfully together. The first one I'm going to tell is about the kids. In this dream, y'all remember the prophetic word Michael Maiden had about the huge bonfire 200 feet in that field, and it'll be a fire like the glory of God, and people will come from all over the world, and they'll experience the glory and take part of that fire back to where they came from. Amazing prophetic word. Well, soon after that word, I, was, uh, I had a dream, and in the dream, over 100 acres or so, we had these 30-yard squares, wide and, you know, everywhere of, of coals and embers. The fire was still in the field, but it was like checkerboards all over the place of the fire of God. And all the kids in this dream, they were all getting in the vans to go to Whitewater. So all the children were laughing and playing, many, many children. And they were loading up to go to a great time, great afternoon at Whitewater. And Reagan, who was eight at the time, said, wait a minute, I got something I got to do. And she ran and grabbed a rake, and some of the coals had kind of fallen out of the edge of the square. She raked them up, put the, the rake down, and she ran back. Okay, let's go. And I, that was the dream. And I said, God, what does that mean? And he said, these children are going to have so much fun and live life to the fullest. 
And they're also going to be stewarding the revival and stewarding the fire of God. Our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. And um, the next dream I had was last week. And all of us were in this dream. This is how God's telling us this is a church of generation after generation that runs together. So in this dream, this was so cool, we were all there. There were little bitty kids, there were old, old, old people. And we were all, you know, healing the sick, walking in miracles, doing, serving, praying, worshiping, you know, just creating all together. It was, it was magnificent. The church was like, wow, this is going. And there were buildings and just new things being built all at once. And, um, and then I realized a few times I was in the dream, I saw myself with a broom, a mop, and then I had this brush and I was down on the carpet brushing this gorgeous carpet. And and then the next scene shifted, and there was this beautiful carpeted area where gas tanks were set up, and people would drive in and get filled up. And then these few vans were coming in, and these people of my age, 50 and over, 50 to 100, pouring out of the vans, and they were all millionaires. And in the dream, I was going, God, you are so financing this kingdom, what you're going to do here on the earth. And he said, oh, yeah. I just felt that in the dream. And then these people, 50 to 100, they grabbed these brushes. They grabbed these brooms, and they were working on the floors. I was going, God, what? And that was the end of the dream. I said, tell me what that meant. And he said, the people, 50 to 100, they're the ones that are nurturing, stewarding the floor, the foundation, the next generation is going to catapult and springboard off of. It was just a beautiful picture of the different aspects of the different generations. And you guys were all there. The last dream. And this is so cool. This is a little bit about the future, a lot about the future. So in this dream, present day, Steve and I, we were at the front door of Bethel, Atlanta. The door was magnificent. This beautiful carved wood and gorgeous stairs and bushes and grass, beautiful grass. We were mowing the grass, trimming the bushes, and it was like, this is gorgeous. And then you and I walked in, Steve, and there was Jesus. And he was standing there with these arms. His arms were full of these uh, strands of light, like Christmas lights, all these white lights, bright, beautiful lights. And he was streaming them through the trees or hanging them through the trees. And it was like, this is beautiful. It's a beautiful courtyard. And he was hanging him around a swimming pool. And then that was present day. Then the scene shifted. And Steve and I were really, really, really old. Because we're spring chickens now, right? And seriously. So we were really old. And we were driving down the interstate on 85 South. And we looked back left toward Tyrone. Well, the, the trees and the lights that had been hanging there were millions of lights. The lights not only just covered Tyrone, they went into Atlanta, the outskirts. You could not see how far the lights went from Bethel, Atlanta. You see what the future holds. And in this dream, hold it. I want to make sure I don't miss anything here. You guys are the lights. That's pretty obvious. But each one of you, you're this beautiful light in Jesus' arms. And that represents your Pop Harper. That represents the legacy of your family, the brilliance of, your, of all your history. Do you, you know how rich this is? And Jesus is hanging them exactly where they need to go. You are a beautiful orchestra. 
you are a symphony of heaven. There is a great call on Atlanta. You guys know this. We are stepping into the greatest awakening, revival that the world has ever known. Can't you feel it? It's coming. The world is so ready for it. And the call on Atlanta is huge. And all these lights are going to cover the city. Bob Jones says, you know that prophecy? That Gulliver that's laying down, tied up the body of Christ. He's breaking those binds. And when that giant of revival of the body of Christ stands up, he will put his feet in Atlanta. And so goes Atlanta. So goes the South. Bethel Atlanta was strategically by God placed right here to change a city and to touch a nation and a world. So... Today is a great day of celebration, and, and we're celebrating Lauren and Brent, of course. <laughs> what a magnificent couple, actually. Um, we're celebrating that, but we're, I also feel like it's a day of celebration for you. It's like right here before our eyes, even though some people are still watching on television, which is great, there are generations represented here, generations with a calling that we probably can't in our heart even fathom how great it is and how important it is. And what's so cool, I mean, this is, this is how the body of Christ is supposed to be. I mean, isn't this exciting? We are watching a generation hand over leadership to another generation. In the meantime, the other generation's over there and the little ones are over there. And the old ones are going to, even older, are going to have just great callings on their lives. You are, you are sons and daughters of God. And we are, we are all the bride of Christ. And, you know, as, as we celebrate Lauren today, I was going to read this over her, but I feel like I need to read this over all of us because this is how Jesus sees us. Your destiny is huge. Your calling is right here, right before our eyes. It's time to run together. And you guys know it. I mean, you're the cream of the crop. <laughs> you know this. I mean, I can't think of a more exciting day that I can remember than today and what God's got planned. So I'm going to read this over you and over Lauren, Song of Solomon 7, 1 through 4. This is how Jesus sees you today and sees you, Lauren and Brent. How beautiful on the mountains are the sandaled feet of this one, bringing such good news. You are truly royalty. How you walk so gracefully in my ways displays such dignity. You are truly the poetry of God, his very handiwork. Out of your innermost being is flowing the fullness of my spirit, never failing to satisfy. Within your womb, there is a birthing of harvest wheat. They are the sons and daughters who will be nurtured by the purity you impart. How gracious, gracious you have become. Your life now stands tall as a tower, like a shining light on a hill. Your revelation eyes are pure as pools of refreshing. You're a sparkling light for the multitudes. Amen. So uh, great men marry up, right? I see a lot of guys that have married up out here. So thank you, Lindy. So um, we're gonna we're gonna lay hands on Lauren, but before we do, I want to read you 
Uh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, the first verses. And it says, I, Paul, am on a special assignment for Christ, carrying out God's plan laid out in the message of life by Jesus. And I write this to you, Timothy, the son I love so much. All the best from God, our God, and Christ be yours. And every time I say your name in prayer, which is practically all the time, I thank God for you. The God I worship with my whole life is the the tradition of my ancestors. And I miss you a lot, especially when I remember the last tearful goodbye and I look forward to a joy-packed reunion. This precious memory triggers another, your honest faith, and what a rich faith it is, handed down from your grandmother Lois and to your mother Eunice. Unfortunate names, I think. And now to you. And now, and the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you. Keep that. And the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you. So you catch that? The faith is, is gone down from grandmama and mama to Timothy. And, a, and, a, and Paul is laying hands, and there's a gift of ministry that is transferred by the laying on of hands. When we were in the school of ministry, lots of times we'd go through prayer tunnels and lots of hands of very anointed people got laid on us in the school. I don't know that I ever necessarily felt electricity on any one laying on of hands, but after a year, I knew I was carrying something that I wasn't carrying in the beginning. The laying on of hands, and that transfer is a part of our world. So um, if the elders would come with their spouses, and, uh, and also Blake and April, if you come, and come on up um, also. Justin and Jen, y'all come on up. Lauren, Brent, you guys come on up. Dare I see you coming. Yeah, let's come on up and see everybody can see. Social distance as well as possible, which is tough. Hey. So our futures are tied together, aren't they? We're kind of embedded together. We're running together. Our life is together. We do life together. And so... Blake and I are going to pray, and, um, and if the Lord gives you something, uh, shoot Lauren a note, shoot somebody a note, shoot an email, as the Lord, uh, but um, would you extend your hands with me? So, Lord, I just, uh, I feel heaven is rejoicing. The angels have noticed, and God is the God who sees, sees almost a quarter decade of love and service and purity 
and no prodigal days and serving a mom and dad's vision and taking some hits and celebrating the great days and just being um, so faithful, so loving. I just feel like God is um, rejoicing. This is the way it's supposed to be. So we extend our hands, we extend our grace. And just as in 2 Timothy, where hands were laid and gifts of ministry were bestowed, Lord, make those come ablaze like it says in 2 Timothy. The minute we just release grace, that ministry of leadership, that apostolic gifting on your life, releasing grace, that miracles would come as you lay hands on the sick. Anointing would come as you preach, and people, chains would be broken as you preach. And the gospel would just be preached so beautifully. Fish would be uh, one into the boat for the gospel. And those dreams of fires ablaze, you would see in your generation, your eyes of leadership. And those thousand lights, I feel like the Lord told us, go build, go find 300 that will hear your voice, run and obey, that will make your presence preeminent and will be radical in worship. It feels like we're finding 300, and there's a new assignment. Go teach that 300 to find 1,000 of those kind of people, and they will change your city. They will change your city. We release the grace. And the grace to dream like your mama for more and bigger and better. Linda, you want to? Father God, I thank you for a perfect daughter. I thank you for what's happening today. And I just release the grace of heaven to dream, to dream even more, to dream a lot, to hear your voice in the middle of the night, to hear your voice every moment you're awake. Just, I, I pray that um, you will take Lauren to levels of glory she's never even imagined in her sleep time and awake time. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you for the, for the opportunity to be a part of, of this family, this Bethel family, this, this, this story that you're writing here in Atlanta right now. Lord, it's, it's been one of my greatest pleasures being a part of what you're doing here in this city, in this church, in this family, Lord. And I just bless Lauren. I, I bless her ability to, to, 
to lead as, a, as an orchestra director, as someone who, who sees strength, who, who hears what the Lord is doing, who sees where the Lord is moving and, can, and raise, who can raise up leaders, who can raise up people, who can empower many people to, to do what they're called to do, to do what they're built to do, to play the instrument they are designed to play. I just, I, I'm thankful for the season that we have had and I am thankful for the seasons ahead Lord and I just I just bless every single person who will be an inheritor of everything that Steve and Lindy have sowed here and who will be a part of everything that happens and I bless everyone who will be a, a an inheritor of what we do here that we don't know yet that we haven't seen yet that this would be a, a place where it is easy to meet the Lord, where it is easy to encounter his presence, where it is easy to receive a miracle. And we just receive Lauren right now as the person who is called to direct all of that. We receive her right now and we honor her. We honor the anointing that you have placed upon her at this time, Lord. And we are grateful that, that she is here at this time, at this place right now. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, I just feel so honored and uh, grateful for you all and love you all. Um, I'm excited. I get to share next week, so I'll, um, I just want to share my heart and share what I hear the Lord saying in this season. Um, I'm going to pray over my senior leadership, our team, and we're going to just share how the Lord has been weaving beautiful prophetic words, words of old, new words, dreams that mom had years ago and new dreams together and just our anticipation over this season that's coming ahead. And we just feel like the Lord is just um, just painting a beautiful picture before us of where we're going. And um, I can't wait to share. I feel super honored. And um, just, I just, every time I think about you guys, I just feel just such um, gratitude well up because I just am so thankful for our people that just are such radical uh, people who run and obey, who worship. And uh, we I just feel so honored to be able to run with you guys. So thank you so much for today. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.